Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Today I have a wonderful guest joining me, Dr. Manrina Roach. She's a dental aesthetic surgeon. She'll be talking about her rise to fame, some of the challenges that she may have experienced, and also talking about a business venture that she started last year during lockdown. We'll get to hear from her shortly. As we've entered March, I like to share calendars that Action for Happiness produce every month. And this month, it's about Mindful March. It's about being present in the moment and paying attention to what we're thinking about and paying attention to how we feel. I like what John Kabat-Zinn says, mindfulness means that we commit fully in each moment to be present. So my request of you today is to be attentive as you listen to the podcast today, possibly to the words that I say uh, the words that Marina uses when she's talking, but also your own sensations as you're listening into the podcast. Something to be mindful of and something to try, possibly if you've not tried it before. Give it a go. So a little bit about my clubhouse journey. So I've been starting to use Clubhouse, haven't really created any rooms yet, though as I'm recording this today, I do have one of my first rooms scheduled for this evening. So let me see how that goes. However, general use of Clubhouse, I'm finding it interesting to join other rooms and listen in to what other people are saying. However, I do wonder whether it's for me. Um, and the reason I say that is it does require an investment of time. And as much as I love using social media, I do find that I invest a lot of time on LinkedIn and Instagram. Do I really need another channel? Something to deliberate because everybody... Th- not everybody, but some people are saying that I should be on Clubhouse. It's a good forum to create a crowd, a good following, potentially people to convert to clients. However, do I have that time or do I have that inclination? Because to me, as I start using it, I've got to be conscious of my own mental health, my own mental well-being, and I don't want to be able to force it. So there's one part of me that says, jump on it, create a following, you know, it's going to be good for me. But then there's the other part of me that's saying, do you know what? I just want to sit back, see how it pans out. Is it really for me? So let's see. I'll take it slowly. I'm not going to rush into it. And let's see how it goes. Hopefully the journey is going to be an enjoyable one. And if you do have any comments about Clubhouse, do let me know. Drop me a message. I'd be interested to know if there's any favourite rooms of yours or if there's any rooms that you think I should be joining. Do let me know. And also, if you think there's a particular room I should create and talk about, uh, whether I move this podcast onto Clubhouse as well, uh, that'll be quite interesting. Let's see how it goes. And now on to today's guest, Dr. Manrina Road, aesthetic dental surgeon. She graduated from Guy's Hospital, London, 2002, and has since become known as one of the top aesthetic dentists in the UK. Her expertise in cosmetic dentistry led her to being appointed the first dentist for Harvey Nichols and Harrods. This year, she was listed in dentistry's top 50. She's a clinical ambassador to Obagi Skincare and sits on the editorial board for Clinical Dentistry. As well as frequently published articles, radio appearances, she has several TV appearances, one of the best known being the Sensodyne TV advert. Manrina runs her own course teaching smile makeovers using porcelain veneers to dentists called Designing Smiles. With over 18 years experience in the aesthetics industry, Manrina has launched her own medical grade skincare line, DRMR, which can be purchased from her website. Now let's hear from Manrina. Hello Manrina and thank you for joining me on the Second Success podcast. Hi, Rakesh. Lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you. Thank you. I don't know what it is. I was actually feeling quite nervous this morning thinking, oh, I've got Marina on today. And uh, no, and the reason I'll tell you why that is, because from the outside, 
I see you and I see you as a perception, as a extremely hugely successful person. So in, in, in reality, I guess I'm in awe and I'm thinking, oh gosh, what could I ask of you for me not to sound stupid? So I guess that's probably why. That's very kind. And yeah, you're just always very kind. So that's all I have to say to that. Thanks, <laughs> Thank Marina. You. Well, you know, talking about success, and like I said, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm not going to say it's just perception. I think it's reality too. From the outside, look, you, 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 you know, you're TV advert, you've, you're in magazines. And before we go into exactly your background, but from the outside, anybody looking in would think hugely successful. But what does actually success mean to you? Oh, oh, that's a really interesting, that's an interesting way to start. That'll wake us up. <laughs> um, I think uh, I'm one of those people who's always pushing myself. I've always been that person since I was a child. Um, it's in my personality. And so um, I don't, I'm not sure whether this, this is answering my definition of success, but I feel like I'm, I'm always pushing myself. I'm always driven. There's always something else I want to achieve. Mm. I've never kind of felt like, oh, done that, right? I'm there now. I'm going to chill. Um, it would be really nice to chill, I think, sometimes. <laughs> but it's just, it's just not my personality to do that. So I'm, I'm always going to try and be the best at everything I, I put my mind to um and so yeah once I have a passion for it I just I go for it and, and yeah that's just the person I am I get you because that resonates with me because that's the kind of person I am as well because everything I put my mind to I would succeed and go to it but it was never the chasing that and I know I'll be happy or I'll be successful but it was a case of putting my mind to it being the best I could be at it and then next what and it was always the journey to be honest it was always the development and getting better every time I think that's so interesting, Rakesh. Someone said that to me recently, and I wonder if it was you or someone else. And they said, um, you know, a lot of people build businesses and they enjoy the, the building process, but they don't enjoy running the business. Like once they get there, then they want to sell it on and they want to move on. And I, I think I'm probably that person only because all through my life, I've done it. Um, I've done it with working out. Like I love to like pick up, you know, a new skill like capoeira or boxing or, you know, whatever. And I'll go, go at it for like six months or a year of my life. You know dedicating myself to it and then once I kind of feel like okay I get this now like I'm not the best in the country but you know it's something that I feel like I'm competent at then I'm good to let it go and, and pick up something else so I really enjoy the the building process yeah there's a lot of uh, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and with that mentality they love starting things you know they're, they're very creative innovative but actually when it comes to the operational side of things they want to hand over and move on to the next idea but you know what you need people like that because you know where's innovation and creativity going to come from in the end if if all you end up spending spending time doing is operational you won't come up with new ideas so yeah I'm with you there so let's take it back so you've been in the industry um and I, as I introduced you uh, at the top um aesthetic dental surgeon you've been in the industry for coming up to 20 years now and so yeah, I know it's a landmark isn't it um what would you say have been your biggest challenges mm, challenges so I I'm it's difficult again because I really enjoy a challenge. I think I've struggled when things have got too easy. So within um, aesthetic dentistry, there was only sort of five procedures that I did. Um, everything else um, was referred out. So if someone needed um, a tooth taken out, if someone needed a root canal treatment, they need their teeth cleaned. Um, this is something that I've just never done in my career. Um, mm. I've always, you know, I went straight from graduating into into aesthetics, into cosmetics, and um, and you know, I do I do veneer. I do white fillings, I do contouring and bonding and simple straightening and, and the treatments that someone needs to make themselves look better. And um, that's what I do. And that's what I do best. Um, and so um, 
then I think I got to a point in my life where it just became too easy. And um, because obviously when you're doing the same thing every day for, for even after 10 years, um, and I think a lot of dentists hit that in whatever field they decide to, to work in, even those in general practice um, after about 10 years. And, and, and actually I'd be interested to know from you whether that happens in all professions or just in <laughs> dentistry. Um, that you kind of hit a bit of a wall and you think, oh, I'm just doing the same thing and, it, and I'm not growing. And, mm. um, and what else can I do to, yeah, to, to bring back some excitement? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's maybe, yeah, where my challenges have come. And then, and then there's always new, of course, there's always new things to learn mm -hmm. uh, within, within your profession, outside of your profession, um, and, um, and new skills that, that you can bring on board that still sit within the remit, yeah. the remit of you. No, I, I'd, I'd agree. I, I think where I've seen, I mean, I remember when I was when I was working for the first company I worked, I, I worked with them for 12 years. And sometimes you think, oh, how can you stay with that company for such a long time? Actually, it was the variation. My job role changed every two years. So as as much as I was in that field, I, the job was never the same. It was always evolving. I was always changing. And, and I see that everywhere. People that have been around somewhere for a long time the reason they've been there for a long time is because they've introduced variety into that role somehow and that's helped so and obviously you've done that as well in terms of how you've developed yourself so I can see that I guess um so th there were your challenges and what I was interested to learn I was I was going through your website as well and you're a bit of a charitable person as well and you did this thing out in Colombia uh, a while back all self-funded uh, with uh, children in poverty and everything tell me a little bit about that Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, actually, it was Cambodia. Oh, um, Cambodia. Sorry, got it wrong. Yeah, I, took, yeah, I took a dental team out with me. Um, so two dentists and two nurses. And uh, we went out to Cambodia. And, um, you know, you just I, I like to do things for charity. And I felt like, is there some way that I can give back um, with my profession? Um, there was there was a charitable organization that I contacted actually just um just a few years ago. And I was like, how can I get involved with you? You know, what can I do? Can I get on phone lines or, or what? And they were like, but obviously the greatest gift you can give is is your is what you do for a job you mm. know like dental work and so it would be waste it's a waste to to have you doing that and what we need to do is have you doing this you know using using your professional skills um so yeah i went out to to cambodia and it was such an interesting time because um you know they, they were still quite post-war so there mm. weren't many old people there there were people sort of our generation and younger um and also um you know, there were days out where you could uh, get an, an AK-47 and then um, sh like people were sh like shooting cows. Oh, you could hire a gun and then shoot oh, an no. animal. Yeah. It was crazy. And I was like, firstly, why are you just giving lay people these big guns? Secondly, why are you blowing up animals? Mm. Um, and they had all, I guess they had all these guns left from, from their time at war. And um, and also then in the dental in the dental world, this, this clinic that, that we went into, um, there was one dentist and then she had a whole team working underneath her. And um, so they were just, just normal people that she had taught how to do fillings and how to treat these, these children and, mm -hmm. and these adults. Um, and they were doing and they were doing the work but um but there was no cross-infection control you know they would put their hands in someone's mouth and then pick up a pen and write on the sign sheet the patient it was here and the next person would pick up a pen and go back in the patient's mouth and we were like wait no gloves <laughs> washing hands you know not not mixing pen with mouth um and then uh also because they weren't dentists they didn't understand how to use a mirror to look in a patient's mouth so they would just like see what they could remove the decay they could and, and stick a filling in there um and i tried like sort of sitting with them and showing you know about correct posture and using a mirror 
and um, so they could get get more get see what they were doing and get all yeah. the care out. Because um, what was happening was, you know, there would be a queue of like 50 people outside the clinic every morning. Um, and these people, their decay just kept getting worse. And then eventually their teeth were taken out. And I was like, if you do the job properly, if you use a mirror and you can see what you're doing and you remove all the decay in the first instance, then you'll mm. find that you won't get these cues every day. But their attitude was very like, oh, Miss Private Cosmetic Dentist from <laughs> London's here and she thinks we need to use a mirror. And so you know, <laughs> in front of me and as soon as I turn my back, they'd get rid of it and they were doing the same thing. Um, so it was it was a real learning curve, and you know I tried sending sending them out to the, the queue of people outside and said, oh, you know, I brought these, these toothbrushes and toothpaste. Can you go out and can you give them all the toothbrush and toothpaste? Can mm. you show them how to use it? And they were like, no, there's 70 people outside. We need to see these people. We haven't got time to go outside and educate them. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, it was such a change of mindset. So it was a great experience, but it was also a really trying experience, like quite a frustrating experience. Um, the, the funny side to it was they they got to know who I was while I was out there, and then uh, the, the adults started queuing for cosmetic work so they'd come and be like, I've got this gap and I've got this white spot and can you fix it for me and then I you know I couldn't help it help myself I'm like come on let me give you some quick <laughs> and so I'm also making you know giving these Cambodians beautiful smiles oh fantastic <laughs> but but you know what and that what to me that's what really comes across you actually genuinely love what you do I know so many people who just go through the motions. They'll, you know, they'll either be doing it for the money, they'll doing it for the the reputation, maybe, or they'll be doing it for uh, peer pressure or just family pressure, even. But you actually really enjoy what you do. I do, and you know what? I think you get rewarded for that, and that's what I always tell my my dental students. You know, when or my young dentists who come to learn from me, and I just think, you know, you just got to love what you do. You've got to do it for, with passion. You've got to treat every person as you would treat your family member, or you would want to be treated yourself. Um, and then with that, you know, the the money and the fame and the rest of it will come because because you've you've given that passion. Even in fact, that that trip to Cambodia, you know, there was no there was no alternative motive there. You know, we just literally mm. went because we wanted. To good but um, Marie Claire recognized me as as the woman of the century and did this yeah. big article about uh, because of it they hadn't they had an orphanage out there so they got to know that we were out there and and that was lovely that was lovely to be recognized for something that that really wasn't the aim the aim of being there of course I'm gonna submit that and that's the thing it's great to be recognized for what you've done but in the end you're doing it you're doing it for the love of it so I think that's fantastic so I mean I was reading again you know you've done you know, in the, what is it, 18,000, you know, so the huge number of, uh, you know, smiles that you've designed as such. Have you had one favourite? Oh, what a question. Wow. One I mean, favorite. do you I mean, I guess that rephrasing it almost in a way, you get so many people, you've seen so many. Is there any, you know, one favourite, memorable, really, I guess, or, you know, it could be taken anyway. Yeah, that's difficult. I, th I think I have a favorite every few months. <laughs> <laughs> every few months, someone comes along and they and they stick in my mind that 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 case, you know, I really enjoyed that. And at the moment, that would be Henrietta, who I just did uh, last weekend on my on my veneer course. I teach uh, dentists how to do veneers. I, I run this small makeover course. And, um, and we ran that last weekend and, you know, Henrietta, I, I met her at a party like eight years ago and she asked me then about her teeth and she's a, she's a lovely looking woman, but with very sort of wonky, discolored teeth with, with restorations at the front and, um, and, and so beautiful at rest. And then, and, and then something detracted from, from her beauty when she smiled because of what was going on there. Yeah. And so she just stopped smiling and, you know, she was aware of that. And, um, and so then you kind of took, took me to the side and said, Oh, is there something we can do about this? And I'm like, yeah, there's this, that, and the other. And yeah. she's like, oh, that just sounds very expensive. You know, Henrietta runs a homeless shelter. So there's no one more deserving than this, this woman who dedicates her life to, to helping 
people. Um, and um, and then this opportunity came up with the course, and I was like, well, do you want me to do your spa makeover? You know, at, at a fraction of the price. And she was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And um, and I'm I'm just so excited because I know now at 46 years old, and Henrietta's 46 year old. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, nearly. Um, she, um, you know, this is going to change the next 46 years of her life because the way she interacts with everyone she meets is going to be completely different rather than being that person closing off her, her lips and you know looking a bit shy and not not as friendly when she is very warm and friendly she, the first thing she's going to do is is flash that beautiful smile because yeah. it's going to be the best looking smile in any room uh, <laughs> and um, and i just can't wait to see the the doors that opens for her and the opportunities that it gives and um, and and also because i know her personally that i know that she's going to share normally i see my patients at their six month recall at a year and it's so great to see the new jobs they've got, you know, the new partner, the new the new opportunities that have come up from this smile. But I know with her, I'm really going to be able to to watch it at every step, and and I feel like this is just the beginning. I, I must admit, I've, I've followed. I remember her jumping onto one of your IG lives where she talks about her story, and and to be honest, it was brilliant. Uh, and when I saw the final, you know, smile, you could just see in her face how elated she was. It was yeah, yeah it was almost like you kind of makes it all worthwhile doesn't it you kind of realize why you're doing something it is yeah. I, I, all like that like that's the beauty of my job people don't come to me uh with toothache they come yeah. to me because they want to look better yeah. and so it's different there's a different passion behind that you know it's a small insecurity that you're carrying with you that finally it's time to, to do something about and they've chosen to do that for them and yeah it's awesome and that i guess what again where it resonates with me in terms of what i do you know helping people and in a way, we kind of do similar jobs, but differently. You're looking at the physical aspects of it and I'm looking at the mental aspects of it. So the inner confidence, the confidence, whereas you're you know, giving it with something with their appearance. However, I know when I'm working with people in their mindset, it, it, it's a journey as well. How, how do you think, is it something, an instant switch when it comes to your patients? It literally is as quick as, or does it take them a, a while to get used to it? So even though that you give them the smile, and they look amazing and they're related with it. Does it take a while for them to actually accept that that's them? Oh, I think they, they, they accept it really quickly. They accept it so quickly that I put their temporary smiles on for them. And then I review them maybe two days later. And within two days, they've forgotten their old smile. <laughs> I put a picture up of what they looked like two days ago and how they've looked for the last, you know, 30, 40 years of their life, however long. Um, and they, uh, they've forgotten. They're like, oh, wow, were they that bad? I didn't realise. So they, they, <laughs> they adapt very quickly to their, their new, better, you know, better looking appearance. No, I mean, and, and again, I suppose, you know, when people have worked with me, they do say, I wish I'd done this sooner. I Always. guess you must hear that all the time. Everyone, everyone says it. Everyone says, "I wish I'd done this sooner." Yeah, exactly. Who oh. doesn't want to be? Yeah, with you, more, more successful and more clear in the, in the, in the, yeah. in the path. And with me, you know, who doesn't want to look better? So, COVID has impacted everybody, and you know, fortunately, you've still been able to work. But what were you, other than everything that you have to put on in terms of PPE, what would you say the biggest challenges have been over the past twelve months for yourself? Yeah. So, um, I think it's been. I have a very intimate I could say intimate relationship with my patients you know mm. they go through this journey with me um it's a real you know position of trust they put me in and um and sorry and, and I also as a person I'm 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 empath empath empathic empathic mm. and so I feel everything that my patients are feeling as they go through as they're going through this journey and I think that's why it becomes such a sort of personal journey for them or becomes such a personal relationship um and I really felt um the anxiety actually that's that's been coming out um over this past year when I so obviously we were closed from March till June and then we reopened and we've been open since 
um, since the 8th of June. And, um, you know, people who are normally quite chilled and, and getting on with things, you, know, you could come in and you, and you can feel their, their anxiety. And I, I think it's that whole... Um, not knowing that's putting people on edge and then it's it's, it's showing through on the way that they're, they're interacting with me so on, on one in one aspect there's that on in the other aspect and, and more so this year actually just now i think you know in 2021 and uh, people have had enough and 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 with this last lockdown the only place they're really allowed to go is come and see me and so when people do come and see me they dress up <laughs> you know they come they sit and it happened after the first lockdown when we came back in June uh, you know people were coming in who never would, would would normally open up and just sitting and blurting out all their personal problems <laughs> um, and then just gonna say I'm sorry I haven't spoken to another human being apart from my partner you know in three months so I, it's just you know I just want to tell you because there's another human being here <laughs> so you know that that was going on in June and that was interesting and and now in, in January um, and February, I've noticed, yeah, people dressing up and they come and they really want to book appointments because they're just like, well, for them, it's like something to do. They get to leave the house in a safe way and then come and, and, and see, other, see other human beings. <laughs> I must admit, um, when I saw you, thankfully, you know, you were, be, you were able to fit me in last minute back in December. It was a highlight because I managed to get out into London. I thought, wow, this was brilliant. And I can completely resonate with how they feel because my daily life seems to be a school run unfortunately my son's able to still go to school uh, and going to Tesco's you know that's that's my that's all my life and existence so at any point I'm able to go out for another reason believe me it's a highlight and uh, you know one more to come as well so uh, yeah I, I completely get it I completely get it so I mean with that lockdown period and I know we've talked about this in the past as well it did give you an opportunity to build upon your success didn't it in terms of you know you've already alluded to your courses that you do which are you know hugely successful and um, your new skincare range DRMR tell us about that yeah so I you know it was already on the cards obviously the, the skincare range had been coming as i said earlier you know uh, i've been working in aesthetic dentistry for a long time um i started to branch out um into into skincare as well because my my, my dentistry was always facially driven dental designs it was always a lot about the face as well as the smile mm -hmm. as well as the personality and, and everything else and so you know when a patient would come to me i'd say okay we're going to do this with your smile but you've got some acne, you've got some pigmentation, let me send you to someone else, do you want to get that sorted as well? You know, you're, they, yeah. they, you know, they, they may have no mentioned their nose or something else. Okay, let me send you over to my to my plastic surgeon. So, you know, your hair might be thinning, let me send you. So I, I have a full team that, that I work with. Um, so that any, because people start, when people start talking about their aesthetic concerns, so we can really help them just, you know, with mm. whatever they want. And they've got someone that I know that is reputable to do it. And then, over the years, obviously, as I started aging uh, myself, um, I wanted to know more about skincare myself uh, because rather than just sending patients out because I wanted to know for myself, I didn't want to trust. I definitely didn't want to trust an 18 year old uh, sales assistant uh, with, with, you know, ingredient based medical grade skincare. Um, and I wanted stuff that works. I didn't want stuff that just felt nice. And so yeah. I had some idea about it from being in the industry, but I had to go back. So about seven years ago, um, I went back and, um, and I thought, right, let me get into learning about skincare. So I did, I got involved in the industry. I started working with Abaji, which is a medical grade skincare. I've been around for 30 years and it's amazing. Um, and they made me made me one of their clinical ambassadors, which was which was which was a great honor. Um, and then um, and then as I worked through, obviously my, my Instagram profile um, is is very is very successful, and um, and I started kind of building this brand around myself. 
And then I thought, right, okay, what are we going to call this brand? Um, and and DRMR seemed like felt felt like it sat well with me. Yeah. It's my, my initials, so it's Dr. Manrina Rhodes. So it's DRMR. So under this DRMR umbrella, um, you know, we have uh, my clinic, we have my my courses, and then um, I thought, right, I'm I'm going to create my own product line. And the idea wasn't initially just skincare and it's still not mm. just for skincare you know it's for, for toothbrushes it's, I've got a toothpaste idea I've got all these things um, basically that I've, I, products that I've come across in my life that I feel could be better and so mm -hmm. I want to find to help me to make this the product and improve what I would like improved about these products so same thing with, with skincare you know I was working with with some with some with a bhaji and, and yeah. using some great brands but there were certain things that I thought right I'd really prefer if this if this did this so so for example yeah. you know you'll be wearing an SPF 50 daily um because as, as Asians we're prone to, prone to hyperpigmentation but we're, we're all prone to aging and um and so an SPF 50 even on a cloudy day 80% will come through, through clouds and you want to wear SPF 50 but with me when I would put it on it felt very thick it felt like it was clogging my pores it made my skin look white and ashy and I was like I don't want to look worse with something I'm trying to do to make myself look better yeah um so yeah, I created this, this great uh, daily moisturizer with SPF 50 that's non-commodogenic and it's lightweight. It's got a universal tint um, and it's perfect. Um, and so, so then I went through and, and created the whole, the whole, the whole line. So yeah, DR. And it's unisex as well. So I'm just waiting for my wife to buy me the uh, uh, like little collection one birthday or something, I think. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be pointing her towards your website at some point. So, uh, yes, so the collection is the entry point, like the way in. So you can try full products and then, and then build up. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So Thank Marina, you, you know, for you, I mean, I, I see you as so effervescent. I always see you full of energy. And do you ever switch off? Oh, oh I feel like this needs to be a coaching session. <laughs> answer this. Um, you know, I've, re I've really been thinking recently about, about the fact of how perfection is so important to me um, in everything you know in the way that I work out in the way that I eat and you know the way that I present myself in the work that I do in every email every post every you know it's I put so much uh pressure on myself for things to be perfect um and 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 um and at some point I think I've been thinking about that through lockdown at some point it'd be nice to stop doing that and to just um what would happen if I stopped? Mm. <laughs> what if happens if I stopped working out and yeah. I stopped well and I stopped, you know, caring so much about, you know, building my brand and doing this? And you know, obviously, I'm not going to stop caring about my patients or, or my my work that I do. But you know, may, maybe just relaxed a little bit. Um, and so I tried doing that, and and Rakesh, it was so much harder and so much more painful. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I just came back to it. So, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at switching. I like to go away. Typically, when we're not in COVID, I like to go. I go on a lot of holidays, and when I go on my holidays, I don't work. I switch everything off, and I relax, and I enjoy myself, and I stop, and I will just sit and just look at the sea for hours on the end of nothing. I'm that person, but it probably takes a holiday to do it. I don't think I do it in um, in. The way you described yourself, though, that's exactly how I was. Perfectionist, really major with my grammar. If I'm sending emails, double, triple checking everything, because it, you know, for me excellence is a defining value that's what I've been brought up with so you know there's a certain standard however I guess it was after I became a coach that I learned to realize that I needed to let go just for my own benefit and, and, and that doesn't mean that 
I don't care anymore either. I guess uh, my best friend, one of my best friends who used to be my boss as well, he'd always say to me, look, Rakesh, your 50% is probably better than most people's 100%. So I'm happy with that. So whenever I needed to do stuff for him. So I always remember that actually, that, you know, because I've always set such high standards, I know that actually, even if I was to drop to 80, it's going to be good enough for the majority of people out there. So that's kind of the standards I try and live to now because it does get hard. It becomes harder. But like I said, you get the opportunity to, you know, travel and switch off completely, which is really good. If I travel... Haven't in the last year. I know, I know. But... (laughs) You know, when I travel, I've got to think about packing stuff for the kids with all this stuff out. It's not it's not a holiday. It's uh, keeping it. So maybe another couple of years will be OK. So it'll be fine. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about is um, role models. In I mean, in your I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know your industry that well. I know a few key people. I, I know of few people. But who do you look up to? Is it people that others would know of or is there just somebody that actually nobody's even heard of, but they inspire you? Yeah, so I don't know if um, it's role model or whether it's people who I feel have been really um, poignant in in key parts of my career, in my career developing. Mm. So I'm always infinitely grateful to uh, a gentleman called Sarinda Handel. Um, um, He gave me my first job when I was 23, um, took me straight from from graduating into Harvey Nichols as their first dentist, which was just incredible incredible opportunity that changed my whole life because I've been I've worked been working in luxury uh cosmetic practice um since you know and most people don't you know they get to do that much far later on in their career if ever at all and it's all I've ever done um because of him and so um I'm really grateful to him for the opportunity he took a lot he took a lot of time out in my 20s uh teaching me to be the person that I am uh, professionally the person I am today okay. and most of what I am today 80% of what I am today is from what what he taught me so um yeah. I will always be very grateful to him he's um he, he was a very was I'm going to say because I think he's retired now yeah. um, but he is um a very forward-thinking man you know he he opened the first clinics in, in Harvey Nichols and Harrods he saw something in me and allowed me to go and, and run those for him he, he believed in me he saw something in me in an early from an early age and I and I was yeah I'd be sure I was sure I was never going to let him down and I did not let him down I, you know he could see that in me that perfectionist quality he knew I'll take the you know and that's what he was good he was good at reading people and he could see I'll take her on and she's going to work hard and she's going to do this she's not going to let me down because and, and even I realize that now Rakesh when I'm hiring I really look out for that personality trait in people because mm-hmm. you have those people who like are kind of like okay yeah I don't care and oh let me see get away with and then you have those people that regardless of what they're being paid they just want to do their best because that's who they are and they and they always will and and i think that those people you know work well with me because i'm like that no exactly Um, no understandable completely and then um it went on it went from there there's there's a gentleman now called tiff koreshi um he's amazing he's still practicing um he's a real pioneer in our industry um he gave me a lot of opportunities he welcomed me um onto the british academy of cosmetic dentistry he made me the director of the academy um and at the time you know there was no no women on the on the board of directors and so he got me on there 
um, and I sat on I sat as a director for three years and um, he's and then he got me the, the job the next job that I had at an amazing clinic and he really you know he's really been a great supporter of me and and then obviously the, the guy that owns the clinic uh, where I still work um, part-time now um, you know, uh, Tim Bryce Dr Smith he's like a godfather of cosmetic dentistry and it's strange isn't it that they, 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 I'm talking about men but yeah there are three men in, in our industry um, obviously outside of the industry there's my mom and there's amazing women um, but um, and my mom of course is a role model but um, but yeah those, those three men were really have all been really important in my career. I suppose you know with you running the the courses that you run I'm sure that we're going to have dentists coming up in the next five ten years who'll you know and they're going to say well actually if it wasn't for you and they'll be talking about a female inspiration rather than you're talking about male so it, it, it's funny that you say that I was speaking to or it was a quick exchange with a colleague of mine this morning and he works in diversity and inclusion and um, talking about you know uh, there was a piece in the Guardian about uh, the FTSE the you know the top 35 companies in the UK a lot of them still don't have a female uh, on the board directorships and uh, but it's changing and it's slowly happening but it, it but that will only happen in the snowball effect when it's when you start getting more on there really and I guess it starts somewhere and you know why not with yourself so in terms of so this podcast is called second success and inevitably what it is it's people that have achieved success pivoted and gone on and achieved other success but like I've said you know you've got multiple successes. I mean, there's loads of stuff that we haven't even touched about, to be honest, your little forays into Bollywood and, and all of that. We can probably leave for another day. But, you know, out of everything, what's been your biggest success? Uh, professionally? Mm. Uh, I think it's happening right now. It's happening yeah. in such a big time in my career. You know, that, that, that start with Harvey Nichols and then working at Harrods as their dentist. And, you know, just my whole... My whole story has been such a lovely, you know, I, I give a lecture to um, dental students just on my, my journey because it's so, you know, such an interest, interesting, um, incredible journey. Um, but, but what's happening now is so exciting with, with DRMR, you know, with, with, uh, with the clinic and the plans for expansion that I have for that and with my skincare line mm. and how excited I am about that and how much people are loving it. Um, there's so much space for growth and I'm, I'm really just at the beginning of it. I've just started. And so, yeah, it, watch the space, Rakesh. It's right now. <laughs> it does sound, I must admit, I'm getting quite excited just listening to you. <laughs> but um, look, like I said, you, you know, you've already said you're a very driven individual. You've always achieved from a young age. And, you know, in my experience and myself included, we're the kind of people that actually don't see problems as problems, but just sees them as challenges that we need to overcome. And therefore, we deal with adversity quite well. We're quite resilient people. However, look, we're human. We always have really bad days as well. How do you recover from a bad day or how do you really keep yourself G'd up? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we need to have things in our pocket that we know we can do to make ourselves feel better mm. um, other than a glass of wine, which always works. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to say a glass of champagne when we used to go out, just go sit in a bar with a one glass of champagne. I was like, bought myself a good mood. But <laughs> other than that, um, so yeah, for me, it's music. It's probably music and exercise. Um, so two things that I know, you know, I like to, when we used to be able to, I used to like to book an exercise class um, for the way home from work because my my work day is really intense. I think it's because I give so much of myself when I'm at work. Um, I, had, I used to have a masseuse, we used to have a masseuse that worked at one of the, at the clinic that ran the Harvey in the Harrods clinic um, in Knightsbridge and she used to say you know you just give so much of yourself all day that then, then there's nothing left 
for you yeah. and and I can't change that that's who I am and so I do that all day with my, my patients and then uh, quite often I'll walk I'll walk home from work now so mm. that I can just clear my head and, and get reset you know to relax for the evening um, or I'll go straight from work to an exercise class so that I can just run it off heavy weights yeah. <laughs> get a hit class in and, and 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 then reset and I and that always again buys me a good good mood I the endorphins after they feel so great um, so exercise for sure. I'm also, I also love to dance. You know, I'm a Punjabi girl. I, I love to <laughs> grow up. Yeah. yeah. So I'll chuck on, chuck on some, some Bollywood tracks or some bunga and I come home from work and, you know, <laughs> you know, neighbors have said before they've seen me dancing um, you know, <laughs> in the window. And I just dance away and, you know, that I feel like m- that music really, really affects yeah. your mood as well. So, and, and then I guess, of course, there's also talking about it. So having those key people in your life, you know, that, call up and you can talk to i tell i call call my mom every day and i tell her everything (laughs) that's happening in my life (laughs) every little detail um you know my mom's always clued in so and that that feels good it feels good of course of course and you know that's key at the moment isn't it we're not able to get out as much so being able to have those kind of people in our lives that we can talk to is so important um marina honestly it's been as wonderful as I thought it was going to be to interview you. You have such good energy about you, so can't help that, uh, you know, some of it just gets pulled back to us. So for everybody listening, I'm sure they'll have enjoyed it as well. So once again, thank you very much for your time and uh, look forward to meeting up at some point too. Yes, thank you, Rakesh. Have a great day. And that was Dr. Manrina Road, full of energy and enthusiasm. It actually reminds me of a quote by uh, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson, who said, Nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Now, how right was that? I love energy and enthusiasm. In fact, those who know me and know me as the clear coach will know that the E in clear stands for energy and enthusiasm. I honestly can't live without it. I think if you have energy and enthusiasm, it shows you're passionate about what you do. And, And not only that, When you have energy and enthusiasm, you can go on and succeed so much because when you have that energy and enthusiasm, when you come across challenges, adversity, it helps with resilience. It helps really get you through the tough times. And, you know, as you heard there from Marina, it's it's how she lives. She doesn't really see things as challenges. She just sees them as opportunities to explore, things that she needs to overcome, never seeing them as a problem. And I think her energy and enthusiasm go a long way in uh, helping realise that. And another great thing about energy and enthusiasm is not only does it help build resilience, but it's infectious. It's great for relationship building. How often have you spent time with somebody that's full of energy and you can't help feel energised yourself? So for me, energy, enthusiasm, great for success and relationship building. And today I want to leave you with a clip from uh, one of my favourite actresses, Julia Roberts. Uh, She was in Mona Lisa's Smile. Another reason I wanted to pick her, I I do think she's probably got one of the most perfect smiles in Hollywood. In Mona Lisa's Smile, Julia Roberts plays Catherine Watson, an art professor who sets out to teach a group of young women to look past the gender norms that society has set for them. So in this scene, she lectures the ladies using contemporary art in response to a school newspaper article. Fed up that she's being blasted for encouraging the idea that women should be more than wives and mothers, she gives a powerful speech using ads of the time to ask them what they will be remembered for. Like these ladies and my guest today, we all need a reminder to leave our mark on history. I hope you enjoy this clip. Slide. Contemporary art. No, that's just an advertisement. Quiet. Today you just listen. What will the future scholars see when they study us? 
a portrait of women today? There you are, ladies. The perfect likeness of a Wellesley graduate, magna cum laude, doing exactly what she was trained to do. Slide. A Rhodes Scholar. I wonder if she recites Chaucer while she presses her husband's shirts slide. <laughs> now you physics majors can calculate the mass and volume of every meatloaf you make. Slide. A girdle to set you free. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? I give up. You win. The smartest women in the country. I didn't realize that by demanding excellence, I would be challenging What did it say? What did it say? Uh, the roles you were born to fill. Is that right? The roles you were born to fill? Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.